Welcome to episode number 220 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals, both with their personal and professional development. This is the third episode in a new series that we started focused on the key drivers of successful engineering managers, which was inspired by the research associated with our soon-to-go-to-market diagnostic tool, the Current Management Abilities Potential, or CMAP diagnostic tool, which will help engineering professionals gauge their management abilities based on successful engineering managers of the past. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Joe Quatrochi, who is a Director of Quality at the Walsh Group's Heavy Civil Quality Program. Joe's going to talk to us about the importance of supporting your team members in their career growth and development, but he gets really specific. In fact, he shares a really awesome action that he takes every Friday to build relationships within his team, and I think you're going to find it helpful and really something that's easy to implement. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I am a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. And through this podcast, we really try to bring you information that you could use in every episode to succeed on a daily basis. Now, I often give you, you know, a similar introduction about myself, and I wanted to start to try to share some other things about myself so you just learn a little bit more about me since I am the one kind of leading you through the podcast mostly. One of the things that I like is kind of sometimes using sports as an analogy to your career and life, in particularly football. Now, I know football is a sport that, you know, it's a rough sport. It's a contact sport. What a lot of people don't realize about the game of American football, that is, it's very strategic. And most of the football games that are won or you know, most championship teams win most of their games because they're really good at planning, preparing, and having a good strategy and game plan in place. And I've always found that that's a really important parallel for life and for your career professional development. Especially as of late, I've really devoured many books articles about the greatest football coaches of all time, Vince Lombardi, Bill Belichick, Bill Walsh, Bill Parcells, Joe Gibbs, and I can kind of go on and on with it, really just learning about how they brought teams together. Because if you think about the concept, you have to bring a team together over the course of you know a year to win something, right? To achieve a common goal. And these coaches have been able to do that in you know, what is one of the most difficult games. So it's just an interesting tidbit about myself. If any of you are football lovers out there, feel free to shoot me an email and we can chat about it. But these analogies I think are helpful sometimes when you're framing out your career. I also want to mention to you that we do have two courses now that we offer on a regular basis. The Engineering Management Accelerator People Skills course. This course will help you improve your ability to communicate effectively, build relationships, interact with team members, customers, clients, will help you to become more productive, learn how to delegate. There's lots of really great frameworks and actions you can take through this course. So how do you take this course? Simple. You go to engineer2manager.com. That's engineer2manager.com. You can sign up for the next session, which starts in mid-February. That's the next live session. Or if you click in the right sidebar for individuals, you can go through the on-demand course if you'd like immediately. You can look at the reviews and comments from some of the past participants, and I'm sure that if you look at those, you'll be interested in, in attending. And please, if you 
take the course and you're not happy, just get in touch with us and we'll refund you. I, I promise you that this will help you in your career an immense amount. We're also launching the Project Management Accelerator, which will be our Project Management Skills course, which will be launching this March. The website will be finished towards the end of January, and I'll have some more information to share with you then. But this will allow us now to help engineers with both their people skills and their project management skills. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about our guest for today, Joe Quattrochi, who is a professional engineer after graduating from the University of Illinois in civil engineering. Joe was hired on with the Walsh Group. He held multiple positions starting as a project engineer and worked his way up to a superintendent and project manager. During his time there, he transitioned into a quality management role and now continues his journey as quality director for the entire civil operations. Joe really likes to spread the message of quality and innovation and the value of taking pride in your work. Along with his wife, Megan, they have two children, Addison and Lucy, and for them, it's all about music, dancing, sports, health, and getting every ounce of fun out of their day. Joe's a great guy. You're going to really like the interview. Like I said, he gives practical, practical advice, and that's what we love on this podcast. Now, let me bring you into the main segment in our conversation with Joe through a quote from the great football coach, Vince Lombardi. Individual commitment to a group effort. That is what makes a team work, a company work, a society work, a civilization work. All right, now I'm excited to welcome Joe Quitrochi on to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Joe, welcome. Thanks, Anthony, for having me. Joe, you practiced as an engineer. You started, of course, like everyone, kind of as a project engineer, probably involved in technical aspects, and you've kind of worked your way up through the years, and you've had the opportunity to manage some teams, which we're going to talk about today, supporting the growth and development of your teams. But before we jump into that, Joe, why don't you give our audience a little bit of a, a background on your career journey and kind of how you got from where you are to where you are today? Graduated from University of Illinois, civil engineering. I always kind of envisioned myself going the structural engineer route, want to work on skyscrapers and all that. Ended up getting a job opportunity with the Walsh Group, construction company based out of Chicago that does work across the country. And like you said, started as a project field engineer right in on the job sites, working with the teams, learning from superintendents and seeing how we actually build our roads, bridges, buildings. Spent about 10 years kind of working on my way through that operation side, project engineer, spent some time as a field superintendent and eventually worked my way up to a project manager, some highway work in the Chicagoland area. So through that, had you know worked with a lot of different personalities, a lot of different team members, both with owners, consultants, and then their own uh, project management teams. And then I uh, had an opportunity where I moved down to Louisville, Kentucky, for the Ohio River Bridge projects down there. It was a couple billion dollar projects down there with teams of uh, over 100 management staff. So a lot of different personalities from a lot of different areas. So gave me a really good, diverse group of people to be able to deal with, uh, different relationships to be able to deal with. And from there, uh, transition from the operational side of things where I kind of direct control the work to a quality management portion where it wasn't really responsible for the day-to-day -day activities, but it was just trying to help make sure everything was being done correctly and per the requirements. That ultimately took me back up to Chicago, where I'm now the quality director for the Walsh Group for our heavy civil department. So kind of help oversee works across the country providing 
trainings and tips and trying to help make sure that across the board that everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing and taking pride in the work that we're all doing. Of course, you know, along the way, you've managed some teams and you've had a lot of interaction with people, no doubt, in this industry. This, of course, is a series in kind of part of a podcast series we're doing around what we found at EMI to be some of the, the greatest drivers of or the key drivers of great engineering managers. And one of them being they really support the professional development of their teams and of the people that work for them and with them. You contacted me because that's something that you're passionate about. And you submitted a couple of points that I kind of looked through and you and I went through a little bit. And I want to run through them here today. Before we even get into these points, Joe, just overall, like from an overall mentality for you, at what point did you kind of say, you know, this is an important aspect of management is focusing on people's development? That's a great question. Uh, throughout the time frame, I had some really great managers and leaders that I looked up to and some really bad ones. I will say that ultimately, I ended up learning more from the bad ones of just what not to do how I didn't want to be treated, you know, how I could kind of tell those that weren't really looking up for me, but were just looking at that bottom line. That took a lot out of that. That kind of said, all right, that really needs to be the focus. I, I It wasn't so much the technical skills. You know, you learn that in college and, you know, like when you start, that's what you do day in, day out. You really grow your career to grow in the growth of the industry. It's about the relationships. It's about the people. That's really what builds everything. As I go around, I, even now, I'm talking to people in different jobs, and we keep saying that it's building the work always ends up being the easy part. The technical side always ends up being the easy part. It's a relationship and what you're trying to do. So it's kind of led me to kind of believe that it's not so much about what you're doing because you can't build everything by yourself. It's more about getting everyone else on board and growing others to see the mark that they lead versus what can yourself do? That's great. And so there's some specific points we're going to walk through here based on your experience that you've shared. And the first one is you've come to realize that it's not about kind of the mark that you leave, but the mark that other people leave that, that you support. So talk a little bit about that. It kind of goes back to that point though. You can't do everything by yourself. I think I really got it when I was down in Louisville, having a team of a hundred people around us that no matter how good your top performer is, if that top performer isn't bringing up the rest of the group, you're still only going to be as good as, as that bottom tier. So it's really led the focus to the more you're able to spread that knowledge, spread that wealth, and help others grow in their development so that they can do more for you, that's ultimately what's going to make any team succeed and any business succeed, any job succeed, is what the collective does versus just one or two individuals. And I think that that's a challenge oftentimes actually for engineering professionals because we are very task oriented and you know we want to get a lot of stuff done throughout the course of the day. And like you said, sometimes it, it takes a lot to recognize that if you have five people that are on your team and you're focused on your own productivity, you're missing out on five other people's productivity that could really ensure that the project gets done in a much higher quality in a much quicker time period or whatever that case may be. But we tend to get kind of caught up in our own stuff. And so I do think that that's part of being an effective manager. And it goes to exactly what we're talking about today, which is if you support your team and you help them grow and get to the level that you're at, now you have all of a sudden five people that are able to crank on another level. That is a hard lesson to learn. I mean, being, like you said, engineers, we are drilled into us that we are technically oriented, that here's the problem, now go solve it. 
So you kind of grown this world of being productive. And all right, the more things I can get done today, more things I check off my to-do list, that means I'm doing that much better. And it took me a while. And I think it takes a lot of engineers a long time to realize that that needs to be secondary. You got to focus on the group, on the team, whether you have a lot of direct reports for you or not, you need to help grow the entire group of everyone working towards that same goal, that same vision. Another point, Joe, I know you wanted to talk through a little bit was your own experience as a mentee and how that impacted your thoughts on supporting your team. Well, starting here, the initial mentor relationship that company was trying to start off didn't really go as well. So, and I think it's a learning opportunity for a lot of companies that try to put in this mentor relationship. When you try to force it, it does, just doesn't seem to work. And that was a scenario with us that got introduced. Hey, he, you know, this person's going to be your mentor. Go ahead and ask some questions. We sat down, we talked for about 20 minutes. It was like, all right, if you need anything, let me know. I'll be going to do my work. And same idea. He was an engineer, task-oriented. He went off, did his thing. I went off. I didn't know any better. I went off, did my thing. Again, kind of turned me into, all right, well, that didn't really work. Unfortunately, had somebody that ended up reaching out to me about a year or two later that had the right idea. He was trying to grow a new strategy within the company of how to truly be a mentor and how that whole setup should work. And luckily enough, uh, got to talk with him and we ended up setting up routine monthly calls that kind of forced us to have that conversation. And it took a couple of times, but then eventually I kind of realized, hey, I don't need this monthly call to go talk to this guy and ask him questions and see what's going on and you know how I should treat this scenario, that scenario. It eventually got me comfortable enough that I just go on my own and just pick up the phone, send him a note and just go have that conversation. And that was kind of a start sticking to me is that it was more about that conversation and it takes that being a little uncomfortable to get comfortable. That's interesting. And would you say, because, you know, we often talk about the importance of finding a mentor in your engineering career. It sounds like the consistency of that mentoring relationship in the beginning was important because it forced you to have those conversations and learn those lessons. Exactly. That forcing it, it helped it at least having that recurring meeting it forced both of us to be engaged and it kind of held us accountable to, hey, whether we had anything to talk about or not, it forced us to have that conversation. And most of the times it ended up just being about life. And those conversations that create that comfortableness that even now, 15 years later, we're close friends. And again, just have those conversations about life. But now we're at a point where either one of us has a issue we want to talk about work-wise, we're both more uncomfortable 15 years later having that conversation and using each other as a sounding board. It is that comfort level, I think, that helps to really kind of open up the lines of communication and that mentoring relationship so that, because the person who is the mentee in the beginning needs to feel very comfortable, of course, because, you know, you're younger, you have challenges, you have weaknesses. It's not easy to talk about them with someone else. So I think that's a great example in that, you know, you may not talk with your mentor all the time about work stuff because you just have to get to know them a little bit. And build up that comfort level. So that's great. Joe, talk a little bit about uh, leadership through influence. Kind of that transition that I took from being in an operational lead to handling the quality director role. I went from having 100 direct reports on a project trying to get a job done to where now I have one or two direct reports, but I have 3,000 people that I'm trying to influence on a daily basis. So it's really gone to that it's all about that relationship. It's all about having those conversations. It's always been about being a resource and support that I can't direct anybody to do anything. I can't tell anybody you have to do this, 
but I help explain the why. I help give them reasoning and I help pro- just give them support or if nothing else, give them an ear to listen to because oftentimes people on a job site, when you have deadlines trying to get you know your project done, everyone around you is also in that same boat that you don't want to bother them to talk to them about something. So coming in, providing that resource, I'm in the lucky opportunity to be able to have that. But it's, a, I think, a good reminder for managers that you have to kind of force that in your weekly task. You know, think something you have to do is set up time just to talk to your people. Just be there to listen to them. You know, it's even more than having that open door policy. It's going to them and saying, hey, what do you need? What's going on? What can I help you with? And just be in that area. I think that's what that's really taught me is just you have to make yourself available. And oftentimes you have to go out and ask them, do you need anything? Don't wait for them to come to you. One thing that I really want to reemphasize what you said there is, you know, you mentioned that you sometimes you talk to your team members about, you know, the why behind the project or behind the work they're doing. And I think that that's really important because like Joe said, you can't force anyone to do anything, of course, as a leader. I mean, you could tell them to do it, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to do it. I find the same thing is true for parenting, right? You could like tell a kid to go clean their room, but they're not going to be like, oh yeah, that's great. I'm going to go do it. So oftentimes you need to go a little bit deeper. And I've actually found this to be true with several engineering managers that we've done some coaching and training work with is sometimes engineering can be monotonous. And if someone's doing the same thing over and over, it can become boring in a sense. But if they understand that that same thing over and over is helping to reduce, alleviate traffic on a major roadway for thousands of people every day so they could spend an extra 10 to 20, 30 minutes with their families, all of a sudden, you know, doing that task can take on a different mentality and so as a leader, you're providing that narrative to kind of inspire them to do the work on a regular basis. And I guess really what you're doing is you're making them aware of how important the work that they're doing is, even though it doesn't always feel that important. And so I think that that's a really good point that Joe kind of drives home there in terms of you do have the ability to influence people and inspire people beyond the day-to-day tasks. No, exactly right. And, and kind of on that line of providing that influence, like you said, people kind of get in that monotonous routine of day in, day out, kind of doing the same thing over and over again. And, and even while it might be for a greater purpose and, and usually always is, part of being a leader and supporting others is providing them opportunities that they may not see. That being a manager, you're able to see people on the, you know, they may be great at what they're doing, but they may not be aware that there's opportunities elsewhere for them to even grow further and further that they don't even think it's possible or they don't know because they don't know any different. And I think that's something I've definitely been able to see going around, seeing people that are in their job, in their project, doing their things over and over. But when you start talking, they kind of realize, all right, what really motivates them? What is their passion behind what they do? You're able to say, hey, maybe there's another opportunity for you to take that skill set and take it that much further and take it onto the next level and grow to something beyond that, that they're able to, that they're currently doing. That's really been a, Something again through that influence of showing them the opportunity that they don't even know they exist. Definitely something I've been striving to do more and more just to don't want to let people get complacent in what they're doing and, and just fall into a trap. Well, this is all I got. They may not know what else is out there that our job as leaders help show them that vision, what else they can do. Based on experience, you have kind of more of that vision available to you or a bigger perspective just because you have the experience and you have, you've gone through projects and you spoke with other people. So. The next point I think is a really good one is treating someone as a person, not just as an employee. Talk about that a little bit because I do see that happening a lot in engineering where people can be a little condescending and just thinking of them as they're just another employee. 
So, I, I mean, as soon as you said uh, in the parenthood, I mean, immediately my brain went to my four and six-year-old and the lessons I'm trying to teach them right now. And it, as simple as that shows the human relation that we all have together. Whether you know, you're dealing with people on a project, you're dealing with a consultant, someone on a different party, different company, even if your competitors competing with each other, when you strip things down, we're all people that have families, you know, have a life outside of the work that we do. And it's always been back remembering that, that no matter what you're trying to get across to somebody or what you're trying to do, if you have that conversation as a person, and if you, the more you understand who the person is, the better any conversation you need to have with them goes. Especially if, if you're trying to have a tough conversation, you're trying to get into convincing somebody to do something else. You know, it's a big reason why salesmen, they always ask you, hey, what do you do? What's going on in your life? They, the more they know about you, the better they can have a conversation with you. And that's really what I've kind of learned is that it's, you need to know people. And the more you try to dig in and find out a little bit more about them, the more they start to open up, the more willing and vulnerable they're going to be with you so that you can truly understand their passion and what they want to do so that you can best help them. It ultimately goes back to that beginning statement that the more you help those other people, the more they're going to end up helping you on the back end. So it's really just getting to know people, taking that time. It's tough. Again, it's tough to set aside time that you could be getting things done on your to-do list to just have a conversation. But those end up being just as valuable as knocking something off your to-do list. Especially in the long term, it might even probably provide a a bigger return in in some way, shape, or form for you, the, the company, the team. In the research that we've done on on these points, this does often come back to us from the engineers that we talk to is that if they said that they have a great manager, one of the reasons typically is because they took the time to get to know me and to understand what my goals are and to kind of help me in that process. Now it seems obvious when someone says that. I mean, of course, that would be interesting to people if someone really cared about them and was looking to promote them and help them in their careers. But again, like Joe and I have been saying, like when you're kind of in the project trenches and you're grinding through a to-do list, and you're meeting with clients, and you got invoices to do, and you got meetings to go to, it doesn't always become at the forefront, and you don't always think about taking the time to get to know people, whether it's you know taking your team out to lunch once in a while, or whatever you need to do to do that. They're not as obvious as it sounds now. We're sitting here, and we're doing a whole podcast episode on the topic, because that's the topic that we're focused on. That's one of the reasons that we do this podcast, is because you, know, you may be listening to this on your commute, or whatever the case may be, and we're hoping that you can try to remember these things in the day-to-day activities so you can implement some of them. And we'll kind of touch on that a little bit more in our end segment here. All right, Joe. So the last point for you to talk a little bit on here before we start wrapping up is let them go. They may be back, but they will grow and show others of opportunity. One of the hardest lessons that I had to learn a few years back, kind of getting in this role of managing more people was letting people go, knowing that with their needs, their wants in their career were more important than the company. Obviously, the company never wants to lose good people. We always want to keep growing in in any business. You want to keep your good people, but sometimes that means letting go. Had some situations where people's family situation obviously comes more is more important than the job. That's something that I often tell people that, you know, if asking them to possibly relocate or you know might have a job opportunity, but include some travel. No, the first thing you got to talk to your family, you got to determine what is most important to you and your family. Because if your family life isn't happy, then your company life's not going to be happy. 
and you're ultimately not going to perform at the best of your abilities, and that's what we need. It took some time to kind of come to this realization where we kept trying to fight for people and say, hey, we'll give you this, or you know, maybe we'll make this work. Ultimately, it's just kind of come back to people need to make the right decisions for their families and their livelihoods first, and then to the business side second. And often what we've seen is by providing that conversation, having that heart-to-heart, which again goes back to making sure that you know the people in your heart, you know them as a person, you can have that frank conversation with them to make sure they're making the right decisions for themselves and their family and not just looking at it from a business decision. At least what I've personally seen is a lot of those that, you know, may end up leaving, whether, you know, they get an offer from another company or a relocation isn't the best idea for them. The majority of them end up coming back because we treat like them as a person that first time around that we made sure that they were making the right decision, try to help them make the right decision for them and their families. What's also shown is everyone else kind of sees this and sees that, hey, yeah, we left, somebody left the company. You know, here's the reason why we're very transparent about it, that try to make an opportunity work, but they had to do the right decision for their families. And it shows everyone else that that's what we care about, that we care. And specifically, I that if the company was looking at me to relocate, my first thing would be, I got to talk to my family. I got to make sure it's the right decision for me and my family, what we want. And knowing that we're able to have that conversation, that means so much. That Just knowing that that is there, that's an opportunity to have that conversation, make sure it's the right decision is huge and means so much that, again, like you said, Anthony, that you care about the people as a person. Like you said, when someone comes to you or if the company goes to someone and says, we want you to relocate, it sounds like the mentality that you take on is we want you to relocate, but we also want you to go talk to your family and make sure that it's the right fit for them. And if we need to talk through anything together, we can. They start to view the company as a family as opposed to just somewhere I got to go every day to get a paycheck. And I think that that's really what makes, in my opinion, great managers. Absolutely. I mean, just that opportunity of showing them the opportunity is there for if they, you know, if they are interested in leaving or interested in relocating, or in the same thing, that they have the opportunity to say no and say, hey, this is the right decision for me and my family. And ultimately, if you try to put people in positions that they're not going to be happy, they're not going to be helpful for the team. They're not going to be helpful for the project. And it's just going to end up pulling everyone else down with it. Again, we're really focused here in this episode on how to provide professional development, career development opportunities, and really support your team. Joe and I are going to come back in a minute. We're going to wrap this up by just giving a quick recap of the points we discussed and try to give you some action items that you can take immediately and implement if you want to start to really think about how you can support your team. So stick with us. We'll be right back. All right. So we're back with our guest for today, Joe Quatrochi from the Walsh Group. Joe is an engineer, worked his way up through the ranks, has had the opportunity to manage some teams and puts a real emphasis and focus on supporting his team members in their own professional development and their career and their lives. And that's a big focus of what we found to be a key driver of great engineering managers. So real quick, I'm going to recap some of the points that Joe went through today. And then I'm going to ask him one more question really to give you an action that you can take in your career to start to support your team, or even if you're an aspiring manager, just to get in the right frame of mind for when you do take on that management role. So we talked about not thinking so much about the mark that you leave, but the mark that the people you support leads. You could think about supporting them. Joe walked through his experience as a mentee in the first mentoring relationship where he 
took some time to learn about his mentor personally and vice versa. So they built up that comfort level that you can really use to open the lines of communication. Joe talked about having that influence as a leader where you can really teach people or talk about the why behind their jobs to inspire them and kind of influence them to stay motivated and passionate in their career. Talked about treating people as people and not just as employees and making sure that their work life as well as their personal life are really, they're happy in both. Because if they're not happy in both, they're not going to be successful and happy in their jobs and not going to want to come back. And that was the last point is if you really take care of your staff, they're going to come back to you regardless of what happens because you're treating them as a person. So Joe, these are all awesome points. And I think just they're going to be very helpful for our listeners for sure. But if the listener is, they just listen, they enjoyed the episode, they want to go out and do something actionable to start supporting their team members better, prepare to do that. What's something that you can offer to them that maybe you've done or that's been helpful for you specifically? Two items that help me keep on track on this. I said, you know, started off as an engineer, still an engineer at heart. So obviously I want to knock things off my to-do list every single day. So one of those is I have it on my to-do list. I have every Friday, I have a hour and a half time block every Friday morning that is stop what you're doing and go talk to people. So I take that time on my calendar, go out, talk to my direct reports here, talk to different people here in the office, make some phone calls and have that just be time that's simply about people, not about getting things done, just simply about the people. Along with that, there's about 25 key reports that are not local to the office. So, you know, you don't have the ability to have that water cooler talk with them. So I have on the board just the last time I've talked to them, and I try to make it where every, at least every month, I've talked to every single one of them so I have just on the board, last time I talked to them, and I'll look on that board every Friday, all right, who haven't I talked to recently? Just through the course of the week, realize there's a couple people. Those are the people I give a call them that day. And it, again, helps it stay visible for me, holds me accountable to make sure that I'm the one putting forth the effort and making sure I'm contacting these people and just having that conversation and seeing wherever that goes. But I found these would be very helpful in keeping me accountable, have these conversations, and just keep me in the routine that... It is just about the people. And the more I'm helping them, the more they're helping me. That's awesome. And what I really love about Joe's recommendations there is that anytime you try to improve at some kind of skill set or some kind of behavior, you need consistency. I mean, we talked about this earlier with the mentoring. And so by Joe having some good process in place where he can see who he's talked to, who he hasn't, he knows he has to follow up with certain people. And he does it once a week, which is great to dedicate that time because obviously he feels that this is important enough to get dedicate time on a weekly basis to. That just is a consistency that you need to improve behaviors, make sure you're doing something on a regular basis. Because if you say to yourself, well, this was a great episode with Joe and Anthony, I'm going to start talking with people more, and I'm going to start doing some of this stuff, but you have no really way to keep yourself accountable and make sure you're doing it consistently, it's going to be a thought your projects and everything else is going to probably come and overwhelm you and you're not going to keep up with it. Not because you're bad at it, just because life happens and projects happen and it overwhelms you. That's why we're doing this series because we did identify these four key drivers of great engineering manager and this being one of them. So think of ways that you can build into your everyday routines. Some of these drivers, one of them being supporting your team and Joe has given us a really good way to do that. Joe, Thank you so much. We know how busy you are at work with all the projects and all the people that you deal with. And we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to come on the podcast and talk a little bit about what you've done to support your team. And we really thank you for doing this. Well, thank you, Anthony. It was fun. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Joe today. One thing to keep in mind 
as a listener of this podcast, we're hoping that you listen to these episodes and then you actually implement some of the strategies, actions, recommendations from the guests or from the content for that episode. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've listened to a lot of audiobooks. And when I started listening to podcasts, I would just listen over and over to the episodes, but I wouldn't necessarily take action because there wasn't an easy way for me to do it. And so when we designed this podcast and the layout of it with the Take Action Today segment, we really, really want to give you something to latch onto so that when you're done with the episode, you can practice it. Because the only way to improve your skills is to practice. So please take action. And if you're looking to take action in your career, I highly recommend you check out our Engineering Management Accelerator People Skills course. This course can literally change the course of your career because it will help you to communicate better with clients, team members, customers. It will help you to build expertise and improve your public speaking skills. Build better relationships by giving you conversation starters for effective networking. Help you to be more productive by giving you a framework and approach to your daily productivity. And last but not least, help you to develop your leadership skills by engaging people. All of these things in a five-week course that will take you one hour per week that will give you a great foundation for these skill sets and the tools to develop them throughout your career. To enroll, visit engineer2manager.com. That's engineer2manager.com. Our next session starts in about a month in February, and we'd love to have you as part of it. We'd always like to get your feedback on our podcast episodes. If you give us feedback, you can visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. If you click on content, you'll find the show notes for each episode. And this episode specifically is episode number 220. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all your engineering career endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.